What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Omra Gaming Podcast, Episode 9. I am Manny Perez, and as always, I'm here with Matt and Steve, my good friends. How are you? Doing swell, buddy. You're looking, you're looking pretty good. I know you said you were feeling a little under the weather, but you still look pretty good. Thank you. It's so kind of you. It's all about positivity on this Sunday morning that we record. Yeah, this is our first Sunday mo- morning recording, and I am drinking coffee instead of hard liquor. Yeah, your eyes are wider than they usually are. <laughs> it's not after work. We're so relaxed and yeah. chill. Yeah. We're going to have a poem reading later. Yeah, I brought my bongos. <laughs> this is good. Well, thanks for joining us. As always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. Well, for today's episode, we have some exciting things to talk about. We're going to kick it off with another session of That Happened, where each of us bring uh, a, a news topic from the gaming industry that happened since the last time we recorded, and we're going to discuss a little bit about the Game Awards 2017, since our last episode was uh, about our predictions ex- and expectations, and it took place, so we're going to be covering some things that happened there. Um, and then we're going to actually just go right into the topic of the pod, which this episode is the Omra Gaming airing of grievances. Now, basically what we're going to do is we're going to go around the table and we're going to talk about the beef that we have with the gaming industry. So we've all sort of picked one topic that we want to talk about and hopefully somebody out there is listening and can make a difference in the gaming world. It could be you. It could be you, listener. Yeah, you. I see you nodding sitting in your chair on the transportation vehicle that you might be in. (laughs) Yeah, you might not think I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. I'm also talking about you, person in that building. (gasps) Me? No, man. I'm I'm actually not talking about you. But before we get into that happen, let's talk about some housekeeping. So this time around on housekeeping, we don't have too, too much. Um, Again, just like last episode, please follow us on social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Find us there. Um, we're also on iTunes, so um, share with your friends, download, subscribe, rate, all those good things. Please, it helps us a lot, um, and we really, really appreciate it. In a similar vein, we're actually also releasing a survey. Um, it's just a really short three- to four-minute feedback survey where where we ask some questions about what our users and listeners enjoy, what they've been liking, what they might want to change going into the new year. Um, we do have some exciting plans for the beginning of 2018, and we want to make sure that we're building Ombra in the direction that our users and readers and supporters want it to go in. So we would really, really appreciate your feedback. Um, we're going to put the link in the show notes up when this podcast gets released. Um, and we're going to be putting it all over social media and emailing it out and um, sharing it on discords and, and the like. So we would love some of your time to fill out that survey. It would be very, very helpful. Um, and lastly, for housekeeping, just the holiday schedule. We're going to have a normal schedule up until the first week of January. So we're going to have an episode that does release on Christmas week um, on the 27th, but we're actually not going to be recording that week. So we won't have an episode for the first week of January, but fear not because we will be back on the 10th of January. Yeah, that'll be our first episode of the new year. So look forward to that. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about what happened in the gaming world. Again, the biggest thing that happened in the gaming industry since our last episode was, in fact, the Game Awards 2017. Very exciting stuff. Uh, In our last episode, we did talk about some predictions and expectations. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check it out. Some really good discussions happened there. But it actually happened. It did. It went down. It was crazy. I personally think it was one of the better Game Awards. I think it was one of the better game events that we had in 2017. I think 2017 has been an amazing year for games. But let's talk about some of the things that actually went down. I got all my predictions right. You got it. You went <laughs> six for six. <laughs> so let's talk about the big one, Game of the Year, 
Congratulations to Zelda Breath of the Wild. Wow. Yeah, they won a ton of awards. It wasn't even just Game of the Year. Yeah, they, they cleaned did up. They win a lot. They definitely cleaned up, as they should have. Although I think out of the three of us here, only one of us thought Zelda would win. Nope. Me and Christine both thought. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, and Christine. that's right. Well, you'll notice I said only one of us here. Oh, okay. So. Well, I'm giving a shout oh. out to Christine because she got it right as well. Yes. So shout out to Christine. Manny and I thought Mario, Mario, whatever. <laughs> was going to win <laughs> Mario Mario Odyssey. which I'm actually to be honest I'm actually surprised it didn't yeah. I'm surprised Breath of the Wild took it over the Italian plumber I think Zelda won for the right reasons because in my mind like if you remember from that episode I was like Mario's gonna win because Mario's a brand and that's not a good reason for something to win game of the year no it's not I mean Zelda's a brand too though you, you could obviously argue that both Zelda and Mario are huge brands definitely Mario is the as I think Christine put it last week He's the mascot of Nintendo, so everybody recognizes him. But like, I still stand by the reason why I'm not shocked Breath of the Wild won is because they had such a jump. So they had all of those months ahead of Mario building up all that hype, and I feel like a lot more people probably got to experience it. And then on top of that, just the sheer scope of that game. And then in the Game Awards, they released the DLC. Was it the Champions Ballad? Yeah, Link gets a motorcycle. Yeah, he gets a sweet little motorcycle. I would prefer, I would rather the horse. I like the horses I have. I've also named all of the horses that I have. I think I have four horses. All of them are, na- are named Shadowfax from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's pretty good. All four of them can't be the king of horses. The only way I can tell the difference is what they look like. And three of them are just all black horses. So. <laughs> you didn't think that went through. I didn't, but, you know, neither did Gandalf. So I was a, I was a little surprised that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn took home nothing. Like, I was genuinely really shocked sucks. that yeah. they didn't take home a single award. And Because uh, I know, Manny, you put it uh, very well last time where you thought that there were it was set up so all of the games could get some type of accolades in different categories since yeah. so many were nominated for um, so many of the same games were nominated for a bunch of different categories but you really just didn't see it because I mean and again deservedly Zelda won a, a good amount of awards but yeah, I kind of yeah. would have liked to have seen some other games get recognized in some of the other awards as opposed to Zelda just cleaning up all of them but what are you gonna do that's what that's the way the people vote i will say trending gamer of the year dr disrespect no surprise there yeah super shout out to all of them especially andrew renee big fan but i mean dr disrespect like i said in 2017 has blown the doors open of of gaming and streaming and i think this is he said it himself this is only the beginning i think he's gonna have ridiculous sponsorships i think he's gonna have ridiculous contracts did you i mean did Um, you see his seat like he was sitting like yeah. third row center. Like he had such a good spot. Yeah. There. <laughs> I remember he was streaming at some point last week, and somebody asked him what um, he uses for his setup. They're like, "I'm curious to know what kind of mic and lighting you use." And he was like, "If you think I'm going to talk about the equipment I use without them paying me to talk about it, you're wrong because that's free advertising." And I was Ooh. like, "Damn, wow. he's kind of right. You he's know? right. Like, anything he mentions is a brand endorsement. So good for him. I hope people recognize that it is." just a persona and they and they don't think that his character is reflective of what the gaming industry really is yeah i know he's, he's entertaining <laughs> he's absolutely entertaining which is really cool uh wolfenstein 2 action game of the year which i think is perfect um yeah well i can't think of a game that perfectly defined action um than that game cuphead winning a couple awards best art direction christine was right again yeah art direction and indie game which makes sense some really good indie games in that category though yeah some no really, really good ones i i i had tweeted that out from the over account when we were um, live tweeting it that all those games 
how like there was always multiple options for winners in every category like you could make a case for just about every option in every category it just shows how incredible 2017 was for gaming yeah it's a crazy crazy year oh yeah steve best performance oh yeah and i have Nailed to apologize because i butchered her last name on the last podcast so i, I apologize wholeheartedly Ill, i mean i didn't hear you guys correct me either so it's true so i apologize to melina jurgens there we go much better. How did how were we saying it last time? Jurgens. Jer- it's terrible. I was going to hard J. I needed to go to a soft J, like yogging. So yeah, huge, huge congrats to her. Again, she was nowhere on the map. She was just a video editor for Ninja Theory. That was part of her acceptance speech. She's like, "This is the first time I ever acted, and to get that award is that's awesome." Yeah, it was. It and was she incredible. also came out in her motion capture suit, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> they like um, obviously after playing the game and watching the feature that accompanies the game, where they talk a little bit more about the creation of it. Just nothing but the absolute respect for Ninja Theory. They put they put Absolutely. out one of the most and just completely captivating games of all time because they won um, best audio design as well which isn't a shock because the audio was absolutely yeah and i think to your point by the way if you haven't read steve's overview of uh hellblade senua's sacrifice definitely check it out but i think the audio design was such an integral part of the gaming experience and you kind of needed it to succeed and, and do well so i think that definitely makes sense shout out to ashley birch though Oh my, how many <laughs> shout outs is Ashley Birch going to get? Shout out to Ashley Birch. Please return my text. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I think this is one of the few events, right? You look at like E3, you look at PSX, you look at Paris Games Week. I think the Game Awards is the one event where like everyone is there just to celebrate. I mean, I know obviously people are vying to win awards, but like there's no competition. There's no PC Master Race. There's none of that. Like no one's trying to like be cooler or better or have more fans etc than anybody else they're just there to celebrate people who work their asses off and did amazing work and i can't think of another event that does it that well it genuinely feels like friends just hanging out together talking about how awesome yeah. video games are that's that's the Absolutely. coolest part <laughs> speaking of how awesome video games are let's talk about death stranding real quick because that game is going to blow the industry apart if you haven't seen it we're going to put the trailer in the show notes as well. It was like a seven and a half minute trailer, eight minute trailer. Yeah, it was really long, that was which the, is cool. The longest one in Game Awards history. Yeah, yeah. Which is like which is like a weird thing for them to like go out of their way to mention. Like that's like an award in and of itself. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean like if you look at who Kojima and uh, Guillermo del Toro, who are involved in the production and creation of this game, if you look at who their demos are and like who they typically make creative content for, it should come as no surprise that this trailer was as weird as it actually was. Oh, for sure. It was so weird. That damn baby. The baby, the baby man. Who gives a thumbs up. Uh, yeah, so. It was absurd. So, so um, some of the things that were, I mean, we won't go through it frame by frame, but Norman Reedus in some kind of suit with uh, everybody in, in the trailer has this like mechanical arm coming off of their shoulder. It's basically just like a flash for a camera. Like that's the best way to sum yeah. it up. <laughs> Yeah, it, and it like detects those invisible monsters that are walking yeah, around. Yeah, there's these massive invisible monsters that are terrifying, and if you fall to the ground, they seem to capture you and drag you away, and your body disintegrates and all this shit. People dying. Uh, Norman Reedus has a baby incubating in his stomach area. The baby has a cheeky sense of humor. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's all very odd. And then they all, everyone like floats upside down, and everyone float. Yeah, there's a gravity situation going on. Oh, this is interesting. And Steve, you will find this particularly interesting. There is a necklace that Norman Reedus wears in these trailers, and it's essentially a, a necklace with with like little pendants hanging off of them. And there has been some sleuthing done on the internet, and somebody took a screenshot and zoomed in on these pendants, and they all have equations on them. Those equations, those exact same equations, show up in Horizon Zero Dawn. Well, yeah, because Gorilla basically lended them the engine. Yeah, Decima is an amazing engine. I mean, look at Horizon Zero Dawn. But yeah, so who knows what those equations are? I think it's a cool little Easter egg. It's also the perfect Kojima trailer where it, it like just groundbreaking visuals, and then everyone's yep. just like, "What the fuck did I just <laughs> yeah. watch?" Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But everyone's still so excited for it. I'm excited for that to come out in 2089. Yep. Uh, <laughs> fun to play. I will say it's always weird for me to see a real life actor ported into a video game. I think it's weird. I don't like I'm that all about choice. it. I, I want it to happen. I want it to keep happening because it's only it's it's showing it, it's showing the entertainment world that video games is the new immersive media i think you can do that without porting a real actor into a video game i do too i think there are other ways to do it for sure but like i think anything that's going to bring legitimacy awareness and what we already know is good acting talent like i know norman reedus from the walking dead i know mads mickelson from casino royale or whatever so the fact that they're getting into these games is like oh these established talented people are getting into this other art form like i'm down sure i i I don't know. I also think that there are like a lot of talented voice actors out there who specifically are voice actors that that could also do it. But I get the whole idea with like, oh, there's this like superstar talent that is lending themselves to video games, which is like significant. Yeah. I also think it's a it's a motion capture thing, too. Like Kojima has worked with Norman Reedus in the past and, you know, he like Guillermo del Toro's in the actual game as well. So I think like capturing the voice and the face, if that makes sense, and that the likeness. goes with that voice, yeah, sure. Um, I think is a good decision. Something else I'm really excited about, and I'm probably the only one of us here that is excited about it: the new From Software trailer. Am I right? Well, no, that looked amazing. I mean, it was a nice yeah. little tease, but again, it's just like, ah, look, there it is. We're doing something. <laughs> so what do you what do you think it is? Well, so before my expectations, let me break it down. It showed like a bone weapon, I think, and it was like covered in blood and it kind of it like twisted and it made this loud like noise. Um, the screen goes black and it just says shadows die twice. That was literally it. And then the From Software logo shows up. I think thematically it makes most sense for Bloodborne 2, which would be really exciting. I don't have enough data to support this, but I don't think it's a new franchise called Shadows Die Twice or whatever. I think it's a reference to Bloodborne. Shadows wasn't really too much of a theme in Bloodborne. It was mostly blood believe it or not but i think between like the bone the blood the shadow like the i just think thematically like bloodborne 2 makes the most it's just more logical than any other option that being said anything they create people will buy the the soulsborne community will go out and get i don't know i'm excited for it also there's a they actually just announced on december 15th they're hosting some kind of event the uh, from software folks and nintendo is slated to be there um somebody tweeted nintendo will have a very large presence at this event and there also has been speculation that they're going to remaster dark souls 1 so there's some talk about dark souls 1 coming out on the switch which would be really cool so good for from software for sticking around and doing some awesome things i'm excited for whatever that trailer becomes we'll see so yeah what a time to be alive man this is crazy um everything that's happened in 2017 i think it's i think 2017 should go 
on record as being one of the greatest years in gaming. Um, so I, I'm excited for how things shake out in 2018. The bar is only higher now. So crazy stuff. And PSX is happening as we speak. Uh, it should be wrapping up in the next day or so. So um, I know there's been some cool announcements coming out of there as well. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, another little piece that actually came out as well is uh, PS4 and uh, PSVR hit a couple of milestones, big ones. Um, PlayStation 4 hit 70 million sales, well, over 70 million sales. And this was according to basically uh, data through December 3rd, 2017. And the PSVR, I know, Manny, you probably are super stoked to hear this news. <laughs> yeah, did they just put them in a big pile and burn them all? No, nope, they sold over <laughs> 2 million because... It's a pretty popular that's piece a, of equipment, apparently. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty it's impressive. A trash bag piece of equipment for trash bag people. No, I'm kidding. Wow, that's I mean, yikes. Nah, I, <laughs> I, I, it's fine. Eesh. It's fine. But it's it's pretty cool to see uh, because obviously Sony's had a kind of stranglehold yeah. on this generation of consoles, which is a complete 180 from the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, where PS3 didn't come on really till the end of its life cycle. Um, so pretty amazing because now you see like even with the Xbox releasing the Xbox One X, Sony still sold more PS4s than Xbox did. Well, Xbox isn't selling any PS4s, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's true. This guy. So with that, folks, let's move on to the topic of the pod. Steve, why don't you take it away? So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about the things that kind of grind our gears in the gaming industry. Nice little. 180 from our games giving podcast where we were very thankful for those games that served us well in life this is going to be the opposite we're going to air our grievances so in light of frank costanza's genius holiday festivus my favorite part of the festivus holiday the airing of grievances followed closely by the feats of strength but obviously feats of strength don't really translate well in a podcast so we're going to stick with the airing of grievances i'm going to kick it off and what's been grinding my gears in the gaming industry is the lack of of SNES and NES classics just being bought and sold by Nintendo. Why do they not want to take my money? We've talked about this before, how they're they're going to start making more like the NES classic will come out in 2018 again and through 2017 and 2018 they're supposed to be making SNES classics. But all I've seen on the SNES classics are randomly some website will like tweet out, hey, we're going to have some SNES classics available at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And you click on it at 11 p.m. Eastern time and they're all sold because there's all those people who just have like the auto buy on that stuff. And so basically like robots buying and selling these products so that way they can sell them for 200 bucks on eBay. And I don't want to pay 200 bucks to some Joe Schmo like Nintendo, even if they charge like 100 bucks. If Nintendo was like, we're going to charge you 100 bucks because we know the demand is out there for these games. I'll pay 100 bucks to Nintendo if they're going to actually make it available to the public. Why do I have to just wait by my computer? And see if I get an alert. Hey, by the way, go buy it at 6.53 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And if you're a second late, yeah. you're going to miss it. Just take my money, Nintendo. I want to give you my money. I have this currency yeah. that has been agreed upon is the currency of the world. And I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to take it so I can play these awesome classic video games. Why is this so difficult? Yeah, and I think if you look at the kind of like the kind of sales they did for the Switch, for example, like I went when I bought my Switch, it was two weeks ago. I went to a Best Buy, and there was a stack of Nintendo Switches that was about four feet high. Like there was hundreds of Nintendo Switches, which is you know obviously a different sales strategy and a different like marketing strategy because that's what people are buying now. 
But I think they like to your point, they're missing a huge slice of that pie by limiting the amount of con- of classic consoles that they Well, selling. the Switch has only recently caught up with demand. For months and months and months, the Switch was the same thing. You like couldn't oh, find it anywhere. You had to like figure out what store was getting a delivery and then yeah. like be there to get one. So it was right. like actually a very similar marketing. I think in this case it's like far worse. What's really triggering is the people that are are buying like 20 and then they take a picture of it and put it on twitter <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> oh, right. yeah i feel like nintendo is shooting itself and again i'm i think we talked about this way back in i think maybe our first that happened segment I, I don't remember but i mean i don't claim to be a business guy by any means but i feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot because it can't be that much money to produce those things. no 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 there's no way it's going to cost that much no so actually i did read an article where they were thinking it's probably not the manufacturing costs but the licensing costs because the mm. N- the NES Classic, they don't have an act. It's not the actual Contra game. They have like a knockoff of Contra because they couldn't get the license for Contra. Right. Um, so it could really just be that they have to keep paying for the licenses of those games, and that's what's not driving it. But again, like everyone is going to buy that thing. So yeah, I mean, hopefully. I'll be able to snag the NES Classic when they decide to drop it on a random Tuesday in February next year. And it's like, you have to get it on at 3.33 in the morning. And I'll have to set my alarm and all that fun stuff. But either way, I'm hoping that it does change and they actually make a little bit more next year. So that way we, more people, because I can't be the only one who's feeling this way. So more people have the chance to actually play it. So that's my grievance. Um, That's my... Air it out. It's aired out. It's out there. It's aired. And now I want to pass the ceremonial candlestick. We have a candlestick? To me. I want it. I'm passing the candlestick to Matt. Take that candlestick. I have the candlestick. I thought, isn't it a pole? Well, the pole, the aluminum aluminum pole is in lieu of the tree. So that stands up. You don't pass around the pole. (laughs) It's too big to pass around. Yeah, it's too big. Okay. The grievance that I'm going to air is pre-orders for games pre-ordering the act of pre-ordering the fact that pre-orders are a thing just the whole kit and caboodle and we haven't mentioned this yet but elephant in the room we all agreed that none of us would pick microtransactions as our grievance but we all agree that that is the the big one out there right now so i'm going with pre-ordering games i just feel like we all should have learned our lesson with no man's sky like so many promises were made on that game and You know, so many did not deliver. And we all would have known that if we had just waited for the game to come out and for the official reviews to come out. So since then, and I actually didn't even pre-order that game. I just like witnessed that event. And after that, I was just like, never again. I will never again pre-order a game. And I always have to remind my friends when they're like, oh, maybe I'll, I had someone do it with Destiny 2. And I will not name him, but he listens. And looking at you, buddy. You looking at me? Who are you looking at? No, not you. Um, someone pre-ordered Destiny 2. And look at that. And they're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. So yeah, I think I think pre-orders also sort of hand, goes hand in hand with microtransactions, even though I won't talk about it. Well, let me ask you this. Pre-orders are the evil, so that the solution is waiting for the game's actual release. Uh, my solution is really waiting for the game to be reviewed by third-party sites like industry site yeah so that might happen before the like some games really will will send copies of their games to like review sites early and those sites will review them and then then maybe it's before the game comes out 
if you want to pre-order it then right. okay whatever go ahead you've done your research i also think there is the argument to be made that like the early adopters are an in, are like a very central part of what ultimately makes video games successful same thing with like the apple watch and the uh, amazon alexa like the people who bought those really early with little to no reviews or information those, those are the people that are going to set the path on which the game will become successful and i agree that like industry third-party review sites should be out there hustling and reviewing games for us but like similar to like what we're providing like i think there is value in normal everyday folks playing normal everyday pre-releases and then putting shitty reviews up on steam or putting amazing reviews up on steam and giving feedback because then that's going to in that that'll influence how the game iterates and becomes better hopefully i don't know if i totally agree with that point <laughs> not all heroes wear capes and not all heroes have third-party websites that everybody reads is my point are you talking more about um in the sense like i'm talking manny on this one are you talking about how when people post reviews of like pre-orders and stuff is that more like an unfinished game being pre-released or and, and then you can get there like kind of the games that go into beta to try to get feedback because i feel like that's different than a pre-order because pre-order you basically put down and buy the game day of when it gets released but you're buying right. a lot of, like what matt's saying is you're buying that blind whereas i feel like what you were talking about was more like beta testing when people do early access and then take feedback and then which goes, is a little bit different yeah well i mean i think a good video game will always be somewhat whether whether it is early access going to beta or just pre pre-order coming out on release day i think every good video game has somewhat of a cyclical process where hopefully they're hearing feedback like you look at destiny like destiny came out it was full release people played it they were like this is great but i'm not incentivized to continue to play they made adjustments granted in my opinion too little too late but i mean no man's sky is another good example right made a bunch of promises a bunch of people pre-ordered it it's amazing it's um procedurally generated open world blah 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 people pre-ordered it played it and were like wow this game's kind of a box of shit and now they're doing the same thing too little too late they made a bunch of changes. yeah but it's been like two years right right and i'm saying the cycle looks different for every game out there but i think good video games listen to feedback am i gonna run back to destiny or i have no man's sky too am i gonna run back to that game probably not but i commend those studios for listening to feedback whether it be but they blatantly lied like is the thing is like you pre-order you pre-ordered a game based on blatant lies and then the game came out and had everyone just waited for the game's release and people out there bought it normally and reviewed it yeah. or well what did Des what what did Bungie lie about destiny 2 no i was talking about no man's sky well what well what did they lie about there that you could play multiplayer with people no you can't yeah i mean it's a really limited multiplayer there is multiplayer the trailer was way different than the final product then, that yeah, they yeah. created yeah there definitely was smoke and mirrors around that release get wrecked <laughs> no man's sky more like no man is ever playing this game <laughs> am i right well anyway i think we sh as gamers should not pre-order games anymore and i will stand by that that's my grievance now it's aired it's all out there all right manny here's the candelabra you are getting the candle buddy so what is your grievance that you would like to air out there to the fine listeners I've been wanting to get this off my chest. Too many pixels. There's just too many <laughs> pixels out there. The game industry has way more pixels than I can handle. <laughs> Thanks for listening. No, um, my grievance is kind of big picture. Nobody should be surprised to hear me say this, but it is community related. I think there is this sense of divisiveness in the gaming industry that I that for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of people is really frustrating. And it just comes down to toxicity in a couple of different ways. I think it starts from things as basic as like 
console wars, right? Like PS4 is better than Xbox is better than PC Master Race. All of that, I think, creates a sense of divisiveness that, I mean, obviously fuels the industry. PS4 needs those people. Xbox needs those people. And PC needs those people. But I think it can translate to divisions in the industry when we should all just be stoked that 2017 has been an amazing, crazy year in video games. I think it becomes more specific when you look at different games. So, for example, Destiny 2, perfect example. I think there are people who are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you would ever put an ounce of time into Destiny 2. Uh, I'm so unincentivized to play, which is true. I'm also not very incentivized to play after finishing the campaign and after getting to 305 or whatever. But... I mean, Destiny 2 was an amazing experience. It was a great game. It just didn't, that greatness didn't last very long. I think there's this threshold of like healthy competition, healthy debate, healthy criticism. And then I think once you sort of cross that threshold and you get into the realm of kind of just being shitty for the sake of being shitty because you have a soapbox and that soapbox is often Reddit or other forums on the internet where you get to stand up and gripe about things that that shouldn't be a negative conversation. I think that's really frustrating. I know. I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, who say things like, I would rather die than play Call of Duty. And it's like, would you though? Like Call of Duty is an amazing franchise that has completely torn the industry apart in a really great way and just came out with an amazing new release that it's getting really great reviews. I know people who are, you know, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of Souls, uh, Dark Souls players that are the same way. I love Dark Souls. I also love Wolfenstein. You know what I mean? So I, I think there's just a sense of divisiveness and it's this us versus them attitude that just everyone kind of needs to get over because we all have a voice in this industry. And I think particularly the games industry has proven to be really good at listening to those voices the EA situation is a great example too. Like they are listening and they made changes again, maybe too little too late, but everybody has a voice and everyone will be listened to if we, if we all sort of like get together and make those concerns heard. So that's my grievance. I think we should all just be friends, man. I guess my only question is, do you think that is just a general outcome of a community quote unquote, like quote unquote community in general, or is it like something you identify specifically in the gaming world i think people are going to get political in every industry right whether it's gaming whether it's movies whether it's music whatever but like i think that it really comes down to the us versus them thing so for example i'll use this right on uh the kind of funny games daily podcast when uh, before the gaming awards took place they were pushing really hard for, for folks to vote for andrew renee for trending game of the year right because mm-hmm. she's on the kind of funny games podcast she's does amazing work and that they were all familiar with and they had done work together in the past they were pushing really hard for her to get votes in and somebody wrote in essentially stated that they were offended that they would push for Andrew Renee's vote when somebody like Steven Spawn from Able Gamers is on that ballot too. And they were saying a vote for Andrew Renee is a vote against Steven Spawn. And they, he, and the guy was like, I'm pulling all of my Patreon money out. I'm never going to listen again. I'm really offended. Uh, this man was also, I think he was a paraplegic and he was like, you're taking away from Steven Spawn. Which is, and and they said this on, you know, they read the letter on the podcast and they kind of discussed it. And, and that's so frustrating because it's not taking away from anything the other gamers did. It's supporting somebody from their community and from their family. And so that's more what I mean. I mean, like, the us versus them, right? Like, it's Andrew Renee versus Dr. Disrespect versus Steven Spawn versus Mike. That's not how it is. It's everyone is doing amazing work. Everyone should be recognized. Steven Spawn has been recognized in his own right. Andrew Renee, you know, she didn't end up winning, but she's been recognized in a lot of awesome ways, too. 
And so I think to your point, Matt, we're going to see it in every community. But when people get political, it takes away from the achievements of those people in the community. Um, and I think that's really frustrating. And I think the us versus them thing comes down to, you know, or you see it in console you know, doing this in air quotes, console wars. You see it in gaming communities. Oh, I can't believe you play that game. It's such trash, etc. And like, as long as people are enjoying themselves and creating amazing content, there should be no us versus them. You know, we're all gamers and we're all part of this industry. And it's crazy how much you see this kind of shit on Twitter, on Twitch. Like, we're all just trying to put content out there and have fun. Like, don't be negative. There's literally no room for that shit. Well, don't worry. You, when, once net neutrality is killed, we'll have to pay for the salt on the yeah, internet. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Get the salt, the salt package. So, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the airing of grievances. Let us know what kind of beef you have with the gaming industry. And I know I just talked about how everything should be positive, but there's room for, again, healthy criticism. I think the industry needs it. The industry grows from it. So uh, let us know what you have a problem with, unless it's this podcast, in which case, don't let us know. And in this, in a similar vein, uh, fill out that survey. We're going to put it up all over the place. Help us grow Omri Gaming. We want to hear, yes, even the negative things about us, because that's the only way we'll get better. Uh, we appreciate everybody's feedback. So with that, folks, thank you for listening, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from. We love you very much, and we'll talk to you all very soon. So I'm going to do pre-orders now. Oh, the, for your grievance? Yeah, I think that's good. Pre-orders suck. And people that do them also suck. So all you <laughs> listeners out there that pre-order games, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck your parents for enabling you. Your terrible behavior. <laughs>